Am I good? All right, go ahead and turn to Ezekiel 33 and Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to be starting in Ezekiel 33, and then we'll jump over about halfway through uh, to Proverbs chapter 3. 33, correct. Ezekiel 33 and Proverbs chapter 3. Ezekiel 33 and Proverbs chapter 3. And yep, it's up here as well. So before we jump into the message, I kind of want to just quickly lay the context of what's going on in uh, Ezekiel chapter 33 here. So in Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, it says, Now it came to pass in the 13th month, as I was among the captives by the river of Shabar, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity. So basically what had happened in Jeremiah and also in Lamentations is the Babylonian Empire came and besieged Israel. Now they hadn't, we'll see later, they hadn't actually captured uh, Jerusalem yet. That comes later. But so from right here where it says at the end of the second verse, it says, which was the fifth year of Jehoiakim's captivity. They had been in captivity, at least in this specific camp of captivity, for five years at that point. And then it says in Ezekiel 29:17, And it came to pass in the seventh and twentieth year, in the first month, in the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying. So it says in the 7th and 20th year, which is 27 years, so minus the, the 5, that's 22 years. So he had been preaching, essentially what this saying is he'd been preaching for 22 years up to where we're, where we're at in Ezekiel 33. So you can just imagine what it's like with them being in captivity, them not having been in um, in like being free to just do what the, you know worship as they as they can you know live their lives as they can they were they were slaves for at at this point in the at, at up to 22 years so with that in mind we'll we'll jump into our text in Ezekiel 33 starting in verse in verse one again the word of the Lord came unto me saying son of man speak to the children of thy people and say unto them when I bring the sword upon a land if the people of the land take a man of their coasts and set him for their watchmen, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him, but he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his, in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine, thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus ye speak, saying, if our, 
thus ye speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you so much just for giving me this opportunity just to share your word, God. And um, I ask you just to speak to my heart, speak to our hearts, God, and help us just to take these truths that we see here in in Ezekiel, Lord, and just help us just to take them to our hearts, Lord, and, and, and help us, Lord, to whatever it is you speak to our hearts about, God to take action, God. Uh, I pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. So the, the title of my message from is, comes from verse 10. I took it right out of verse 10. It says, How Should We Then Live? So just a very straightforward message today is just, what I want to just talk about is just several different things about what Ezekiel is saying, how should we live? And the, what the people are saying, how should we live? How are we going to live? And just a few things just out of what the out of the, the verses here um, of just some few different things that, the, that, God, that God gave to me. So the first thing I see is the problem. So in verse 10, it says, if our, sins and our, if our transgressions and our sins be upon us and we pine away in them, how should we then live? The word pine away literally means to decay in our iniquity. So essentially what they're saying is if our sin and our iniquity is on us and it's just destroying us and it's decaying us, how are we going to how are we going to be free from this? How are we going to live? How are we going to move forward? And essentially what I'm seeing here is is their hope, which is the the first the first point of the problem is they they didn't have any hope. We can see clearly here that what they're basically saying, what are we supposed to do? You know, how are we supposed to be how are we supposed to move forward? And they, they do not have any hope. The second thing that I see is is their heart. In verse 12, it says, Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, The righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgressions. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. And then as well as in verse verse 20, it says, Yet ye say that the way of the Lord is not equal, O ye Israel, I will judge ye every one of his ways. So you can see that the people are clearly, they, they had lost completely how to see, essentially, that they're completely, they're, they're blind, really, at this point. They're saying, you know, Lord, it's, it's not right that you say to the righteous that I have to, that it's not fair that because I was righteous for you, I was living, I was walking with you yesterday, but because I'm in sin today, that you're going to all die today. But the wicked, who have been living wickedly, if they turn to you, then you'll forgive them. And what God says back here in verse 20, that he says, you're, you're blind. He's like, I, my ways are just, saith the Lord. And then in verse 30 and 31, it says, Also thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses, and speak to one another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh from the Lord. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with thy mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. So not only do you see that they're that they're literally they're just blind, but they're completely just lost. They're 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 going to they want not only they're 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 going and they want to hear from Ezekiel, but they're not listening, they're not taking anything into their actual heart. They're and in fact, they're doing just the opposite where they're saying, you know, look, he, he sounds great. He's so beautiful. And they, they like to listen to him as if they would go to like a concert. But they're just completely, completely lost. So what what's really awesome right here, what's really amazing that I see right here is God immediately answers back right after verse 10. 
and he tells them, hey, this is, this is what you need to do. Here's the problem. The problem is you're, you're blind, you're completely lost, and you have no hope whatsoever. You're in the, as, as they said, you know, how are we going to, how should we live? You know, if we're just we're dying, we're decaying away in our iniquity. And then, but the promise comes back in, in, the, in the verses 14 through 18. It says, again, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, if you turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right. So right there we see that he says, so this is what you need to do. So he's, first he, he, he directs it to the wicked. And later on he, he addresses the, what the righteous need to do. But he says right here in verse 14, he says, if he turn from his sin. So the first thing that, if this is where we are, if this is where we are that we come to church and even if we think that you know the the preaching or the music it's all great but we're not actually really listening we're not really coming here to say okay god speak to my heart but just okay this is you know we're let's just come here for you know just the fellowship or the music or just to listen to the just listen to the preaching and you know you know get a laugh or anything but if that's not why we're listening god says okay this is what you need to do first turn from your sin first thing you need to do is turn he says so if you turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right. That's the first thing. The second thing he says here, if the wicked restore the pledge. So I kind of, let's jump down a second. And if the wicked restore the pledge and give again that which he had robbed, walk in the statute of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of his sins that he hath committed shall be mentioned unto him. He hath done that which is lawful and right. He shall surely live. So the, the next thing, so the a pledge, it says, so I'm going to read this directly from it because I kind of had a hard time understanding what exactly a pledge was. So this is directly from a commentary. It says, the starving man pledged his garment or his tools for the loan of money or of food at a price far below its value. There was a real self-sacrifice, a proof of the power of faith that worketh by love when the creditor restored it. So the next thing he's saying is how we apply this in our lives is if there are people that are indebted to us, whether it's financially or whether it's someone that's wronged you, what he's saying here is forgive those people. Let them let, let it go, forgive it, and, um, and then move forward. And then he also again says return that, which essentially what we need to do is return that which we have stolen. He says give again that which we have robbed. And just just a couple things here that I wrote down of things, the most common things that we steal are we steal time from God, money, and talents. There have been times in my life where have not been as faithful with things like whether it's coming down and serving, whether it's coming down and helping out with different things like um, pastor's parents moving and different things like that, that we need to give those things back. And additionally, with things like tithing is if we're not being faithful with that. I've had, no, I've had times in my life where I wasn't being faithful and God has worked on me. He says, you need to, you know, you basically back pay <laughs> is essentially, at least that's what God worked on me in my life about doing. So to get the, the, have that hope, we need to turn to God, turn from our sin, forgive any debts that, that we may have, or people forgive those that are in debt to us and return that which you've stolen. It says in Matthew 11:28, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And really this, this is one of the earliest verses I ever memorized and it's just, just a reminder that we can have hope in God and we can have rest for our souls if we're doing these things, if we're walking with God, if we're forgiving people, and if we're, we're giving these things either back to God or just giving them to him outright, such as our time and our money and our talents. The, so the, the next, so the, the second problem we had seen was that his, the, their people's hearts, that their hearts were just, they're blind and they're completely lost. And God answers immediately. He says, hey, this is what you need to say to them. He says, you know, in, say, in verse 11, he says, say unto them, as I live. And then he proceeds to tell them, okay, this is what you need to do. After they had said in verse 10, what shall we do if we pine away in our sins? Um, and the answer is very, it's really simple. And we see that in verse 18. He says, when the righteous turn from his righteousness and committeth iniquity, he shall even die thereby. So essentially what, what I see here is that we, it needs to be a constant searching of our hearts daily, hourly, of, okay, God, help me to know if I'm right with you. Help me to be right with you and stay right with you. It says in Psalms 139, verses 23 through 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And then it says in Ecclesiastes 5.1, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. The, so now that, so after you've, after we've gotten right and we, we, after we've done what he tells us to do in verses 14, you know, turn from wrong, turn, turn to God, to get right is just a constant searching of our heart. It's something that God's really been working on me lately about is constantly searching and say, God, doing what, what David says here in Psalm 139, God, show me if there's any wicked way in me and search my heart. And that's where we're going to jump over to Proverbs chapter 3. Just take a few quick things out here about how, there's really some keys about how to do that. Verse, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. So here in verse, the, the first, the first what, what really stuck out to me here is in verse 3. It says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So the first thing we need to do is be guided by his word. We need to be in his word. The, the absolute best thing to help us stay righteous if once we've turned and we're, we're walking with him and to help us constantly search our hearts is to be in his word, be reading his word. The second is to let his word, he says in verse 1, it says, Forget not my law and let thine heart keep my commandments. The word keep here means to guard. And so it's, it's guarding the word in our heart. So things like claiming it for when Satan tries to test us, tries to tempt us, claiming his word to have victory over things. And the last thing he says in verse 5, he says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not under thine understanding, is being completely just given 
and seeking him daily and being just, I don't even know how to, what the word is, but just in his word and just being just enveloped in it. I don't know if that's the right word. So that's what we need to be, that's what he's, what he's telling us here in verse 18 when he says just a constant, are you, because what he's essentially, what he was saying is our righteousness yesterday is not going to save us today. We need to be righteous now. We need to be walking with God right now. The third thing I see is the prophet. In verse 7, he says, O thou son of man, I have set thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. So essentially what he was saying here in verses 1 through 9 is he says he's, what, he said what the people would do is they would set a watchman and say, hey, if you see armies coming, blow the horn. But what he's saying is so if he does that and the people don't take warning, this is just in just the general sense, and he, then he puts the practical application, verse 7 through 9, and if the people don't take heed, they don't flee, they don't run, then, then it's on them. Then they've, they've made their decision. But if you don't warn them, then it's on the watchman. Then he's like, then their blood will I require at the watchman's hand. The Bible teaches that one day we will all stand before God and give an account for everything we've ever said or done. And I am absolutely convinced that the people that God's put in my path and all of our paths will have to stand and give an account for the people that we have not shared the gospel with, that God put it upon our hearts, gave us the opportunity, and we did not do it. I believe we'll stand and give an account for that and, and, and answer to God as to why we did not share the gospel with him. Just as this, he was telling to Ezekiel here, hey, I, if you don't tell them, their blood will I require of you. He's saying the same thing. He says the same thing to us, and it's not, not in a literal sense, but in heaven we will stand and we will give an account to God. It says in Romans 14:12, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. And Matthew 12:36, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. And this is just a, a constant, a very sobering thought that always will constantly go back through my head: is, am I doing everything I can to share the gospel? Because that's really what everything else is all about. That's that's why we we walk with God. That's why it's so important to be righteous, to to walk with Him, to have our hearts right. Because if if we're not, then why would anybody else want to? It says in Luke one, you know, we're in the Christmas season, and Luke, I love Luke one because it really sums up what it's all about so clearly, very straightforward. It says, Luke 1, verses 77 through 79, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So if if we have that hope and we have our heart and we have that joy in our life from walking with Christ, and that, that's the whole point of it. That's why the, he gives us this so that we can go and we can share it with other people. So about a month ago, say roughly a month ago, so every year, sorry, every year I give out Christmas cards to everybody at my work. I've done it for four years now. 
and with Walmart stepping in, there's all kinds of different Walmart policies, and I had to go through meeting after meeting of, okay, what can I do? What can I do? Like, I can't, like, I couldn't, so it just became super complicated. I had to ask them, because, so basically, there's a policy that says you can't, I can't give out, like, Christmas cards while I'm working or on the floor, which is, which is fair, but so I ended up asking them, you know, hey, how do I give out to the managers? Because normally, I go up to their manager's office, and this was about a month ago, and then, and then the H, basically I had spoken with the, not the head of HR, but the person who directly reports to the head of HR. And they said, yes, it's fine that you do that. Just make sure just to send us a message and I'll communicate to the managers so that if they want one, they can go, they can go get one from you. And then fast forward to this last week, I let her know, just you know, did exactly kind of what I was, what I was asked to do. And then uh, eventually she asked me, hey, can you bring me one? I just want to kind of look at it. And just had, kept having, having to go talk to HR. They kept calling me up. And essentially what it came down to is because it was, because it had the Bible in there. Other people were handing out Christmas cards, and at first it was, it was challenging at first. Because I'm like, you know, everyone, God, you know, everyone else is handing out Christmas cards, but it doesn't say anything about God, so nothing's, nothing's really being said about it. But, but because of this, like, God, why are you having me go through all this bureaucracy just to hand out something as simple as a Christmas card? And then I think it was Thursday morning, I came in and I had a, I had a, I had a, like a message from them saying, hey, can you come see the head of HR and the person who directly reports to them at 9 a.m.? So I'm like, well, okay. And I'm doing my best to have just a good attitude, like, okay, God, I don't know why you're making me go through all this just to hand out Christmas cards, but okay. And so when we're in the meeting and we're talking about it, the head of HR, after a few minutes, looked at me and, they, and he said, I'm just curious, but what is your reasoning for doing this? And I was able to tell him, like, well, the, the reason I do this is I want to tell people about Jesus. And I told him that, and I told him, you know, I also just want to be able to bring some joy into people's lives. But right as I was, right after I was able to tell him that, I just looked back and like, okay, God, through a month of all of this, you did that so that I can, I can look at the head of HR and the person, the next highest person in HR and be able to tell them Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus and Jesus is worth sharing. And it was just such an awesome thing just to know like, God, you brought me through a month of all this bureaucracy about something as simple, just handing out Christmas cards just so I can tell two people that Christmas is about Jesus and that Jesus is worth sharing. And, that, and that's and that's really what it's what it's all about. That's why it's so important that we're we're walking with God, that we're constantly searching our hearts. Because I don't maybe maybe this doesn't happen with you, but my heart is very sneaky. And even when I'm walking right with Him, it tries it just naturally wants to just drift away and just one thing after another try to get away with it. It's like like a little kid. You just got you really got to watch it really carefully. <laughs> and so I just want to tie it all together. And so just ask a few questions. How's your hope today? Do you have what it says in Matthew 11:28? They says, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Is your soul at rest today? If it, and then my second question is, how is your heart right now? As as you're sitting here listening to me, is the verse in Psalm 139 is that your heartbeat? Is it search me, God, try me, and show me if there be any wicked way in me? Is that your heartbeat. If 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 that is, if you're if you you have that hope with God, and if if your heart and that is your heartbeat, that that's that's fantastic. But now what we need to do is we need to purpose to go and share that with people. Go and share that hope and that peace as we've commanded, because one day we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account for did you do everything you can to share Christ with people and 
when I get there, I want to be able to tell Christ, I want not only that I did my best, but I also want to hear from him, well done, good thou faithful servant. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father,